Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. The award-winning crunch time. Longo helps him out, kicks the Saints to half forward. No mark taken by Battle, but he's got it and he drills it at the goal front. It's a superb major. So Long has it. He'll be able to pump St Kilda inside the 50. A high ball to a pack. King came out, knocked away from him. Sharp hands underneath. Steele got it, hooked it around the corner and hit the targets. I suspect it's designed for Marshall with his height against Iden. At the back, Butler. No one came at him, improving the angle all the time. And he does what he did with so much damage so regularly in the first half of the year. Kicks up to full forward. Kings against plenty. Stolen off hands by Billings. And they've got the Giants at breaking points. King with a leap. Came down empty-handed. Loney outside of the boots. Runs it in for a goal. And the celebrations get more raucous for the Saints fans in attendance and right the way around the country. And finally, St Kilda has come back to the finals. After nine long years and a month of unwanted tension, tonight they were compelling. You sort of set the bar to say at the start of the year you want to play finals and that's, you know, that's part of the journey, but it's not the destination. The destination is how far can you go? And that's in our hands again, um, whoever we play. A night of St Kilda celebration, too long in the making. Returning coach Brett Ratton leads the Saints to the finals and won't be satisfied with merely qualifying. Captain Jaron Geary is our headline guest. Bruce, Gunston, Shield, the last thing you know, we'd want to do is then, OK, we'll take away two or three of our best players and feel like we can get you know, value for them. That's not what we're about. Probably the only bloke to be happy retiring during COVID um, with less people around and less media and less attention. Um, yeah, it's probably fitting that I can go out that way. I would just like to implore Essendon people to keep back in the club, to back Ben Rutten, um, to back this playing group, to take them forward. It will be tough and there's a lot of hard work to do, but I know they're up for it. It's been a really tough journey. It's not one that I envisaged at the start of the year, but we've made gains. We've exposed players to the AFL level and and seen if they've been up to it or not, and we've got a real clear picture of where we're going. While the jostling for position defines round 18, the season draws to a close for 10 teams this weekend. Amid the hatching of plans, how can the underclass rise? as the off-season swallows up the also-rans and underachievers. This is Crunch Time. If you want to search for the meaning of footy, it was in the all-of-club song for the Saints as finally they came back to the finals. And the Giants, 
Well, they surrendered. The demise has been severe. What does it all mean? We're going to pull it apart on crunch time over the next hour. Jared Waitley with you. Luke Hodge was there last night. Hodgey, welcome. Thank you, Jared. I was there. Uh, there was, I think, about 1,500 tickets sold to the game last night, and I reckon 1,499 were St Kilda supporters because when the uh, when the siren went, um, they were over the moon finally playing uh, finals since the first time since 2011. But it's uh, it's a busy weekend, round 18. We've got the, uh, the Lakers are playing the Nuggets in the Western <laughs> Conference final for the basketballers. We've got Melbourne trying to win to get into the finals. Uh, we've got the Lions playing to try and get top spot. Um, farewell games to Simpson. Tomorrow, farewelling a couple of my former teammates who have given everything to the club. I might have to grab a beer and watch that. And then <laughs> to finish it off on Sunday night, uh, we've got the Doggies trying to win to... Um, to cement their spot in the finals. So it's a uh, it's a hectic weekend. It sets up rather perfectly. Crunch timers for Cleanaway, Stockdale and Lego and McDonald's. The Monopoly game at Macca's is back. Andy Ma, hello. Hello, Jared. Hello, Hodgie. G'day, everyone. Um, it dawned on me watching uh, Brett Ratton on the siren and going into the rooms with his players and then that song that you've already referenced, the 2020 needs... Brett Ratton. It needs a Brett Ratton story. It needs somebody who everybody but teams getting beaten by Brett Ratton teams can get around and enjoy. Liked, respected, everybody understands the story he's been on. Um, and in this crazy year that we've all been through and endured to various levels of um, satisfaction, um, Brett Ratton's a really great story, I reckon. So, well, I think we're going to revel in what's what lies in store for him in the next couple of weeks. And you could live vicariously through the Saints, mm. no matter which persuasion you were last night. Sam Edmund, hello. Jared, g'day to you. Hello, Andy. Sammy. G'day, Hodgie. Good to hear your voice Hi, this mate. morning, this afternoon, rather. I think, are they everyone's second team now, Jared? We need a, an adopted uh, figure in the finals <laughs> if we haven't got a, a horse in the race, and I reckon it's the Saints. So since the 18-team competition came into effect, am I right in saying it's only them and the Gold Coast Suns who haven't played finals? When you think of it like that, it's all sorts of uh, versions of history-making, isn't it? But they're there at long last, and they might even get a quote-unquote home final if the results go the way we expect, Jared. Were you moved by it, Hodgie? You're one who knew success, knew finals as routine by the end, but were you moved by seeing a group of players who hadn't touched it before? Uh, yeah, it was. Being out in the ground and listening to the players and, and when they went across to, to the uh, St Kilda fans, but even on the bench, even the new guys, I... I I heard Hanbury a number of times yelling out instructions from the bench because they had a number of senior guys uh, sitting over there just resting them up, making sure there was no injuries. But you could even see the emotion and, and the passion from Hanbury, who's only new into the club. Uh, they've, they've in saying that they've recruited really well. The blokes who that they brought in have were really good last night and, and have been good uh, throughout the year. But you could really see so much it meant. Um, speaking to Gears after the game as well, he spoke about Brett Ratton, and, and you've just touched on it then a bit the story that he's been through and how important he was. But I've never heard players talk so emotionally about about a coach and, and how much that they love him. What's your mate? We, we, we enjoyed the uh, the sideline <laughs> interview with you and Ruffhead. Very <laughs> formal. Uh, very formal. Well done. Uh, what's he getting out of it, Hodge? Have you had a sense for what Jared's getting out of being involved in a club land at another club, but this club in particular? I know initially when he first got there, he, he did say that they were a younger team that are still learning. He said that they were trying to soak, soak up everything that all the coaches that had come across were trying to teach him. He goes, so as far as 
that they ticked the box in that area. And I think you can sort of see the development that they've had from the first part of the season till now. When GWS really, really went at them last night and tried to open the game up, they didn't get flustered, where I reckon early in the year they would have. Uh, Ruff, Ruff probably missed a lot of the patch up there because he had uh, his second baby, Will, mm. about seven weeks ago. Yeah. So he only arrived and got out of quarantine about five days ago, I think. So um, he said he's still trying to get his head around uh, all the meetings that he's got to go back into. But he, he said as far as the the feel with St Kilda and, and, the, and the players, he said it's, it's so energetic, it's upbeat. Yes, they haven't had the best form the last six or seven weeks, but he just he said there's a really good feeling. And I think that's the way they played last night. They, they had an opportunity to, to clinch a final spot uh, and, that, and they did it. They didn't take a backward step and they, they took the game on and, and played really good football, probably as, as good a football as they've played for, for a couple of months. It was a, it was a super slow-mo replay they rolled in after Jack Steele kicked that goal that he followed in late in the game and, and he embraced the moment. Mm. And there was a shot back down the ground behind him and there would have been five or six and Kilda blokes in that shot. Their shared joy was infectious. The, the, the game was over. Well, it was done. But they, they – and look at the faces on Sinclair and, and a couple of the others behind him. I, I'm a sucker for that stuff. And I'm a sucker for a pat on the bum and a get around and, you know, all that mm. stuff. I reckon that decent matters. And they're, they are riding this, these St Kilda players. So I don't know how far – I don't know how, how, whether they're good enough, Hodgie, or you two blokes, but there's something, there's something pretty nice about the thread that's running through this that's, that's uniting this footy team at the moment. I think there's a few case studies that, that are really important here. The first is Brett Ratton because he represents a whole a whole group of people who are discarded by our industry on historic grounds, and he might be able to rectify that. And the other is taking your fate into your own hands. So St Kilda has spent a long time, you know, there's a couple of ninth finishes, there's a wooden spoon, there are seasons of misery and underachievement, mm. but they... They snatched at their own fate, shuffled it around, so they reshaped it at the draft, as, as at the trade, as much as you possibly yep. can now with five different players. And, and it might embolden a few. I've felt coming into the season, they were the most important case study to go, don't just accept and hope that it's going to improve. Actually grab hold of it and see if you can jackknife your own fate. It's a year and a season and a pre-season and a campaign that promises more, doesn't it? You want them to take a scalp. It almost it would frank what they've done. It'll be at the Gabba if they get the home final, Brad confirming last night. It most likely will be if results go the way we expect the Western Bulldogs, who ironically was the first team that Brett Ratton coached to a win against as St Kilda coach. And they've beaten them the last two times, mm. the Dogs as well. So they will fancy themselves in that game. They'll get Zach Jones back, who you spoke to last night, Jared, who said just a bit of tightness in the hamstring. He'll come back in as well. So, and we get to see this, the three deep breaths pre-game again. I'm wrapped mm. up in this, the mindfulness <laughs> aspect that uh, has been brought in by, by Ben Robbins there as well. Of course, new this year, they wheeled it out in July, I think, for the first time. And I like the, it's, it's this year's version of the power stance just not quite as uh, not quite as confronting <laughs> uh, we're going to come back through St Kilda because Jaron Geary will join us the only final he's played is the last one they were involved in the elimination final of 2011 so he represents the, the living history of it uh, the giant side of things just before we hear from Leon Cameron Luke just give us a, a snapshot of your thoughts the demise of a club that had they played four straight final series they'd won finals in each of them it culminated in an appearance in last year's grand final 
and they really haven't been seen since the resumption. The, the way they played last night, their abject surrender, was, was very much in keeping with their body of work, I feel, in 2020. Yeah, well, I think last night they, they tried to play a different way and we all knew for them to play finals they had to win and win by eight or nine goals. So it wasn't going to be a, a stagnant, just sit back, kick mark style that we've, we've seen them play so far. Um, they almost forced them to, to take the game on, try and hit some kicks inside and get it down to Cameron and that, which at times it actually it looked okay early. They had a number of scoring opportunities but just couldn't hit the scoreboard. I think they were 1-5 at quarter time or, or something like that. Um, so I actually sat back and thought, oh, hang on, this is a good good style of GW, GWS football. But what I noticed over time that I did touch on it, that St Kilda's uh, defence stood up and, and they were sound and, and didn't shy away from it. But GWS... The players looked like they hadn't practiced that style for a lot. So when they fatigued, those kicks that they may have got one or two through the through uh, and, and opened the game up, they just missed them. And, and St Kilda did a good job of stopping them going, going back the other way. But it just felt like it didn't come natural to a lot of those players because they haven't played that way for the whole year. So I can understand why they had so many mistakes and... and that's probably why the, the end result was was so big. But as far as where they are as a football club, there's a lot of confusion, uh, it looks like, there. So to, to drop your captain and come back, I know there's been a lot of talk about it. Um, there's still a lot of doubt on, on Cameron. Is he staying? Um, they've got a few others that are that are question marks, whether they're going to re-sign or, or anything like that. So there, there is probably a little bit of confusion. And, and with a few coaches going as well, um, there's, yeah, there's a fair bit going to happen over at GWS over the over the off season. Things seem amiss. This was Leon Cameron in the aftermath last night. Oh, it's just one big disappointing season, really. I mean, um, really didn't get going at all. A couple of games here and there, and yeah, we we just even tonight, first half, all indicators clearly should be game closer or even in front but our kicking was terrible our decision making inside 50 and then really disappointing after half time because the boys just I hadn't seen that happen for a long time um, they probably just uh, summed up our year the second the second half I'd be really disappointed if if that was the case but I understand that's people are going to ask that question I understand that I'd be disappointed that you know nine months or sorry 12 months ago a game had an impact um, on several of our performances this year. Um, but um, I can't sit here and argue about it because or debate it because we're always about how the proof's in the pudding and clearly we didn't fire much of a shot this year. Our normal fight and um, finding ways to win games, um, uh, doesn't matter whether you're interstate or here in Queensland and a half, wasn't there. And it's really particularly disappointing the last three weeks when you know, your season's on the line and, um, you know, you get beaten by 11 points, 5 points and then, you know, we probably conceded and rolled over in the last half. I think everyone's sort of probably got to take a big, deep breath. I mean, it's a unique year, as we all know, and um, got to be careful making decisions without all the facts in terms of list sizes. Is clearly, you guys, you know, you know, it's going to play a huge part in that. And no doubt it's probably going to come down a little bit. You know, we've got obviously clearly a couple of boys that we clearly want to sign up, and you know some big decisions we've got to make. Uh, you know, with them guys over the over the next month or so. I don't think it's a huge um, a list turnover. I think it's a correction year that I'd be disappointed that we can't bounce back next year. Um, there's no doubt there'll be some changes though, and naturally, you know, one or two players will explore 
free agency as we, we see, but I don't see it as a, a huge list overhaul. I just see it as our players need to understand that um, you can't have sort of four really hard years of work and then sort of serve up that for most of the year. Um, I, I think we've still got a great list that can really challenge, um, but we, we clearly have to regain the respect of the footy public because we lost it probably uh, in six months. Didn't fire much of a shot this year. Well, what do you hear when you listen to Leon Hodgie? Um, oh, you could definitely hear in his voice how disappointed I, I saw him as he was walking up into the press conference. And tell you what, he sounded a lot better in the press conference than what he did walking there. He was he was a shattered man, and, and I, I guess it, it hurts when you have such a big build up, four years of of winning a final every year for the last four. The only team to do that to, to serving up what they did. Uh, I was I went and watched him commentated the game where they beat Richmond and Toby Green stood up and they were energetic and, and they controlled the ball. It's just, it, it's probably what does frustrate the coach is, is why can't it be done on a um, on a consistent level? It's either the game style hasn't extended or they, they thought what they did last year and the year before might stand up again. You've got to always continue to add to the game style. And I don't know if they've been tweaking that or, or because of all the COVID rules and not being able to train, they, they've had to just stick to what they've been doing in the past but it just showed that other teams have, have caught up to them and, and a lot of them have gone past them. Hodge, you said before um, a couple of things that you know they hadn't maybe they hadn't practiced the st- the type of footy they needed to play last night. I, we were really excited about last night weren't we? We all tuned in thinking are we going to see this incredibly gifted group of footballers show off a bit tonight? They're going to take it on and a bit of razzle dazzle and show us the full array of the skills that this vaunted list is supposed to have it at its disposal. And but for maybe 20 minutes of that first quarter and a bit, it wasn't there. And and you said maybe it doesn't come naturally to them. Why doesn't it come naturally to this group, Luke? But they should be, if they're as good as people say they are from a talent perspective, shouldn't we have seen it last night? Yeah, but it, it comes down to the habits that you make when you have the football. And if, if you've been training, if you've been yeah. playing for, for 17 weeks of... It's a 50-50 in the corridor. If I turn that ball over, it's going to be a score against, as we saw what happened in the, in the second half against St Kilda last night. What they've been trained, it's, if, it's a, if it's a risky kick, we'll just hold it, find another spare. And they've been building the ball up with possession, kick mark, kick mark, handball. And then when they get centre forward, they've tried to go fast. Uh, where last night, I, it almost looked like, um, I remember back to how Hawthorne used to play in 13-14. They had their whole defenders in the third quarter shaped out around in a C-shape along the boundary line. Uh, just so they could have more space in the middle. And it worked a couple of times. A couple of times they, they hit a few kicks through the middle uh, early in the third quarter, but then St Kilda caught on to what they were doing, closed down their zone a little bit. But it, it, if you haven't practised it and you haven't had it in games, you can't just flick a switch and go, oh, I'm going to hit that kick because if you're a centimetre off in that kick, you're going to get it spoiled. And the way zones are, are set up defensively, if, a, if someone gets a hand in or if you miss that kick, you've got two or three blokes around... Um, from the opposition, they're going to pick up the ball because uh, there's normally only the one offensive person who's in that area. So that's the risk and reward of, of playing football like that. And GWS just haven't done it enough to consistently pull it off in a, in a game like that last night, especially when it was slippery conditions. So I know what you might think about this. This goes right to the Ferrari hold. And this goes right. It's coached out of them. It's been coached out of them. And this, go, I know, this goes right back to that, you know, don't risk making a mistake v let's take it on and, and repair the damage if we have to, but we'll keep coming. This goes right to that um, that continuing conversation about 
the way teams are coached and prepared to play footy today. And it's a shame, I reckon, that this that this group of players can't find that when when required, that it's been coached out of them, if that's the conclusion you want to arrive at. But I think, I think if you look at it, coaches come in and go, what's the best chance for us to win a game of football? And if that's them telling their players, if there's a short 50-50 or, or a, a switch uh, into the corridor and it's a 50-50 kick, don't take it because it's just too risky. There's no doubt you would have seen at, at Carlton. I, I did the Carlton-Collingwood game uh, where they, early on, I think Eddie Betts pulled a risky kick into the into the corridor, got cut off. Uh, Doherty was coming out at half-back, switched one inside, and they both got turned over. Yeah. And Teague said to him, he goes, boys, Collingwood are on. You don't need to play those risky kicks early. Let the game unfold. And when they fatigue, that's when you can start going because they're not as switched on defensively. So coaches come into it with this mindset and with this plan because there's no point giving up easy goals when you don't have to early in the game. Those, those kicks are normally made for when teams are fatigued later on or you need to take those risks to score as GWS did last night. I think the overalls, I think the idea that the Giants are this uber-talented, vaunted list is an old so idea. Do I. So do I. And quite old. I agree. And if you actually study their list, they have some, they've got some nice footballers, but they're not... They're not nearly the team that they're made out to be. And they didn't achieve their success last year on the back of that. They brought steel chairs to the Bulldogs in an elimination final, which was splendid the way that they applied themselves. They were... It was one of the toughest, grittiest wins I've seen in the preliminary final mm. against all... They did nothing on flashy mm. talent. Mm. Is that, that... I think that idea is so outdated that they get measured against. That's not who they are. And, and more particularly, that's not what they're going to be. Last night, they had understudies on every line last night. Yeah. They lack depth. And the real question is how they've structured their their contracts. Yeah. Is they're all top end and those top end players are not nearly as good as their contracts say this they is, are. They're this all is the nice dilemma. players, yeah. but are they, are they the true competition elite? And the answer repeatedly is no. And have they had to pay these big names in order to keep them because the bidding for them has been, well, has been made out to be so severe. Some Lockie Whitfield, massive contract. Cornelio, massive contract. Josh Kelly, massive contract. Toby Green, massive contract. Now Jeremy Cameron is coming to the end of an enormous contract that was back-ended that he's lost so much money from as well in light of COVID. So he's up for grabs. Zach Williams as well. It seems top-heavy, doesn't it? When you And then you compare that to the role players, the Aiden cores of the world who are now leaving because, well, we want a little bit of the slice of the pie as mm. well. So mm. what happens list-wise? Oh, who would know? There is so many questions that need to be answered. And, and at the top end, you've got Zach Williams and Jeremy Cameron. And then at the so-called bottom end, bottom end, you've got the youth, the Coldwells, the O'Hallorans, the Haightleys, all these guys who have got significant interest. They've been picked off for so many years, GWS. How do they keep the Wolves at bay again for another year? And is it really starting to hurt them now? Death by a thousand cuts. So, and the two recent case studies of teams that got to grand finals and got mauled in a way that that lasted was obviously Adelaide, who went 12th, 11th and last, mm. and Port Adelaide, who it took six years to get back to the finals after. And they suffered the same fate that, that the Giants suffered. Mm. One at the hands of Geelong, one at the hands of Richmond, but record losses. And Port went 13th, 10th, 10th, 16th, 14th, and went through a couple of coaches before they found their way back. Well, this mob's going to finish 10th, 11th or 12th with a percentage of 95.6. Gold Coast percentage is 94.8. So if you use the percentage as a marker... Gold Coast is a season away from probably going past them if the Giants, if this is an aberration. And it'll be fascinating to see whether it is. There's no, you know how board, we've also, boards get jittery, boards get jumpy and boards make changes when pressure builds. How much pressure 
How much pressure? We're having, Sam and I have having a chat on about this before we mm. came on. How much pressure externally is there on GWS? Do they feel that? Do they suffer from the same forces that other clubs are prone to suffer from? They are attuned to they. They refer to the Melbourne media. We heard Leon Cameron refer to it this week. So I think they recognise that the centre of the national conversation is in Melbourne. It's pressure by correspondence, though, yeah, isn't it? Because it is. they don't have the supporter base that gets outraged. No. I've been a member for sixty years. They yeah. don't have that, so they don't have the fan backlash. But they've got the pressure from our side of the fence. But it's all feels distant, doesn't it? It all feels but like just geographically, they don't have that immediate heat. But that's, that's not biggest, that's an us that can be sorry, Hodgie, that can be us against them. That's not us. That's not coming from our people. You know, if it happens to Hawthorne or Geelong or Carlton or yeah. Richmond or that's our people. We're the ones tearing the walls down. That doesn't happen at GWS. Hodgie? No, I couldn't agree. I was going to say a lot of the pressure would be there coming from from internally because it's it's your own expectations that bring the pressure. If if you're going in coming for grand final and you don't make finals, uh, going back to 2008 when when we won it and then we missed 2009, you didn't have to wake up the next day and read a paper to say that you guys. <laughs> underachieved, you knew by looking at your teammates, you knew by how the coach spoke to you, you knew by your own, I guess, responsibilities when you are playing, whether you failed or not. Um, so I wouldn't have come to a press conference for those players to know that they are underachieved and that the pressure's on them because they know from each other, from the standards they set and the expectations from one another, that they've been disappointing this year and they've let each other down. And then how you... The, the biggest decision to make now is, is this year an aberration mm. or do we react to it? And it's, it's, it's the most critical judgment and it's the most imprecise to make. Well, what if they go in next year without Jeremy Cameron and Zach Williams? What if they're gone? If, if, Jeremy Cameron, if Jeremy Cameron goes, I don't know about you guys, I think that's catastrophic if Jeremy Cameron leaves the club. Now, I know he's been down. This is a 74-year goal, 74-goal kicker the year prior. He's fallen off the cliff this year for whatever reason. Might be a stack of reasons. But otherwise, I look at the list and think there's just too much top-end talent for them to fall off the cliff. We talk about Richmond's star-studded core. Well, this is every bit as good as that on paper. They need the role players to come with them to make it happen. They don't have that appear as though they have that synergy. The chem- when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mystery, mm. the togetherness that, that, let's say, a Richmond does. So they, they did in last year's final series, mm. but it wasn't there at all this year. They are a mystery. Back to the Saints with their skipper coming up next on Crunch Time for CleanAway. You're up your disposal efficiency with CleanAway. Jared Waitley, Luke Hodge, Andy Ma, and Sam Edmund with you as we rejoice with the Saints. They've won their way into this year's final series. The captain is Jaron Geary. Jaron, welcome to Crunch Time and congratulations. Good afternoon, guys. Thanks for having me. Is there a sense of accomplishment in the camp today? Uh, oh, no, I mean, we're, we're, we're thrilled to have um, made finals. Clearly, it's been a long time uh, for the footy club and our fans have had to wait for a long time. But, um, you know, last night was certainly... 
something we needed to do, but um, we we know last night wasn't our final. We've we've still got a a final to play in a couple of weeks, which we we're really looking forward to. So it was it was good to get it done last night, but there's um you know there's more important things in the future coming our way. So you've lived the journey, Jaron. Your one final was their last final, the elimination final of 2011. Is feel like a long time? Oh yeah, certainly. <laughs> it feels like a very long time. So um, uh, yeah, it's a long time ago, and obviously we um, you know, we would have loved to have been back there more often than we have over the last few years. But um, obviously, being able to stick it out for that long and 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 get back to the finals is something that um, I'm very happy with, and um, you know, hopefully. Um, we can we can play a few more, but um, you know there's a lot of guys that have been around the footy club for a long time. We haven't played finals footy yet, so it's really good for them guys to be exposed to that. What's the emotional toll of those years, Jaron? There are a couple of years where you miss on percentage. There's a couple of years down the bottom, and all the planning and all the effort that goes into it when it's uh, when it's unrewarded. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, you you, you have moments where you you wonder whether it's going to happen. Um, again for you, but um, you know I've had great belief in this group for a long time. Um, clearly, we've added some talent this year, and some of our younger players have taken a big step forward. So, um, always had great belief in the group. Um, clearly, Rats is, is coming this year and really helped us get to where we are now. Um, and you know, for me, it's just been able to hold on um, for this period of time, and, and hopefully, I can hold on for a bit longer. And um, hopefully, you know, this year and, and years to come, we can um, sort of achieve some success. From one captain to another, Luke Hodge. Yeah, g'day, Jaron. I was just you guys knew that GWS were going to come out and be aggressive. Um, were you pretty proud as captain that you guys didn't panic, uh, stayed calm, and delivered what you did? Yeah, I, you know, like you said, we knew they were going to come out and sort of throw everything at us early. They they kind of had to do that, and um, you know, we we'd identified during the week contested ball was clearly something that they are strong in, and we knew they were going to try and rip it up through the corridor. And at times they sort of were able to do that, but I felt like we were able to control that a little bit. But um, yeah, I think what we spoke about was doing the little things well for as long as we possibly could, and, and hopefully at some stage we'd crack them and, and we managed to. And um, that was what I was most proud of, the fact that we were able to sort of stick to our guns throughout the whole four quarters, which is something we probably haven't done consistently a lot over sort of the last month. So I was really proud that we were able to put in a good four-quarter performance. And Jack Steele, tell us about him. He's, uh, his development has been outstanding. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's no surprise to us. Um, he's a humble, humble. You, you kind of got to pump him up and tell him how good he is because he's, he's pretty humble and um, you know he doesn't have great self belief at times. So um, he, he's the, the, the stuff he's doing now is um, you know really credit to him. But it's something we've we've known he's been capable of. It's just um, a matter of him being you know sort of believing in himself and he's become a real leader of the footy club um, this year and. Um, you know the, the players love 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 playing with him, and um, you know that you know in the future he, he might end up being the leader of the footy club because he plays the right way, and the boys really love um, playing with him. So um, you know it's credit to him, and hopefully he gets acknowledged for his achievements throughout the year later on in the year when they you know have the individual awards, which I'm sure he doesn't really care about too much. But it'd be nice for him to get some recognition because he certainly had a great year. Hey, Jaron, Andy Marr, congratulations on the win and good luck for, you know, the next few weeks. Hopefully it goes for four or five for you and your mates. I noticed on the siren, um, the first couple of people that you went to weren't players. They, they seemed to be staff down there on the boundary line. I'm not sure who they were, but how important has that been for you in your role at the footy club to make sure that you're aware of what everybody brings to the table on, for, for the footy team? Oh yeah, well, you know, we've got a lot of staff who've been here 
um, for that nine-year period where, you know, we haven't been successful. And then we've got a lot of staff that are here that still haven't got their family with them. So, um, you know, us players are lucky to... Majority of us have our families up here and um, they've been a great support, but we've still got plenty of staff here that haven't got their families with them and, they're, you know, they're back in Victoria for whatever reason and, um, you know, that that's tough on them and they're, they're doing multiple roles, obviously, but, you know, with the footy cap, you know, the, the club's been stripped back to a skeleton staff and they're doing multiple roles and working all hours of the day just to get us in the best shape we can play so, to play. So, you know, they've played a really big role, you know, more important role than ever, really. And um, it's just important to um, acknowledge their efforts and, and their part, biggest part of the journey as players are. So, um, you know, that, that was important for us to acknowledge them. And can you give us a sense of what... We haven't had Dan Hannery play as much footy as you, you would have liked, obviously, but can you give us a sense of what he brings to the group? Yeah, I don't know if you guys know Hannah's outside footy. I was pretty shocked with the, his personality when he walked in the door, to be honest. Um, he's a very bubbly, outgoing guy who really doesn't shut up. So he's a bit of an energizer bunny for us. And um, the boys love love him around the club and they love playing with him. And um, just his experience in big games is something um, we felt that we needed in the team. So um, clearly he's been working his butt off back in Melbourne and, and in the quarantine hub, you know, with the other guys that were in there. And um, we felt if he was he was ready to go, he was ready to go because we, we, we felt like his big game experience is going to be really critical for us going forward. So, And last night, you know, he, he probably didn't have huge numbers, but he certainly influenced the game in a way that we were really happy with. Yeah, Jared, Sam Edmund here. Thanks a lot for your time this afternoon. Well, Ruffy, Jared Ruffett actually uh, paints a very vivid picture. He said he could be your version of Stuart Jew. Well, that'd be nice if, um, <laughs> if you can read that because I mean, we were um, playing the last week of the final. So, uh, yeah, if he, if he does that, then we'll all be pretty happy. It's just the sense of bonding that from the outside looking in that you guys have created there this year. And in many ways, maybe it's worked in your favour. You know, the long trips down from Noosa that you're going to stick with uh, in the final series. Brett Ratton is a real players coach. I mean, can you paint the picture around that sort of immeasurable stuff? Yeah, I, I think that's one of the, you know, you look at, some of the benefits of going, being away with each other for so long, and that's certainly one for us. Um, it's something we spoke about all off-season, about becoming a bit more connected and tighter as a group, and, and clearly having the additions that we've had to the footy club. We wanted to make sure they were really included in everything we're doing, and I think, yeah, being being in Noosa, you know, particularly having the, sort of the whole joint to ourselves has been a real positive, so um, we've been able to come together, and like you said, some of the, some of the trips um, that we've had together have been pretty long days, and um, they're really great when you're winning, and they're not so great when you when you're losing. So, um, you know, they've been. You know, we've spoken about some of the pros about being away, and that's certainly one of them for us. And did you ever imagine that in your long career, with all this uh, extra focus on things like mindfulness, that you'd be there taking three over exaggerated <laughs> deep breaths before a first bounce? Oh, certainly not. Even the first few times we sort of spoke about doing it. Um, I think a few of the boys are worried about what it was going to look like, but um, after a while, you sort of the whole the whole point of it is sort of to block out the noise and refocus. So, um, yeah, it's a, it, it's something that we uh, we've been doing for a while now, and we'll keep doing. And um, the, the boys really enjoy it. So, it might not look the best, but it's something that we think is pretty effective for us. Now, if it works, don't worry about what anyone on the outside thinks. Hey, so family life, Jaron, and it was a beautiful exchange that you and Hodgie had last night. So, this is a big couple of weeks for the Geary family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was, um, yeah, and, and I was pretty stressful at the end of last week, to be honest. Um, obviously, with the impending arrival and flying Emma up here to, to give birth, and then if I had to shoot off and leave her either 
with an <laughs> unborn child or a um, newborn child would have taken a pretty tough pill to swallow for her. So, um, yeah, something we don't have to worry about now. Um, just counting down the days. Hopefully, over this couple of days, be nice. Um, so we can sort of spend a bit of time with each other before we really crack in in 10 or so days' time. But, um, you know, we'll see how it pans out. And I'm, I'm urging her to... Get out and walk and try and get, <laughs> get this baby to come as soon as possible. <laughs> but did, um, we'll see how it pans out. Did, did Emma come up with you early or has she come up on nah. one of the flights in between? No, nah, she, yeah, she came up on the second one. So um, yeah, she was sort of still working. She's a healthcare worker back in Melbourne, so she was still working up to a certain point. And then, um, yeah, we sort of made the decision when it looked like we might play finals that... If we had to make a decision whether I was going to fly home or not for the baby or she was going to come up and have the baby up here, we, we went with her coming up to have the baby up here. So it was a pretty incredible sacrifice she's made, obviously, for me. She's been with me for a long time. So I'm a very lucky man. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a big sacrifice for her to move up here sort of without her support of her family to do that for me. So it's something I'm pretty grateful for. So, so was she in the group who just came out of quarantine last week? No, no, no. Before that, yeah. Indian food, Jared. That's the key, apparently. Indian (laughs) food brings a bit of spice. Spicy food, yeah. I've heard there's a few few things, but she's not too keen to try a few of them, so I'll um, I'll, uh, I'll have to try some others. (laughs) There are a few of you in this camp. So is is Jake Carlisle in this camp as well? Although, how's that panned out on their family front? Yeah, yeah, Jake's partner's not here. Um, I know he's he's a couple. He's still got a, a few weeks to go. Um, I'm not exactly sure of the date. So she's um, she's in New South Wales, so she's not too far away. But yeah, I'm um, not sure exactly her due date. She did come up here for a, a, a few weeks, but she's yeah, she's gone home. So I think they're planning on having the baby back back home. It does put some context around this this mad crazy year, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, and and, and we we have been lucky with. Um, you know, sort of coming up here and you know, it's been an incredible um, experience. The weather's been brilliant and we know that it's been a struggle for people back in Victoria, so we're very lucky. But there's certainly been um, things up here that haven't gone people's way and, you know, people have missed loved ones, you know, passing away and there's been, you know, a, a number of guys sort of experiencing funerals via Zoom and I'm sure there's people back home have been doing the same, but, um, you know, there's certainly been a a bit of an emotional toll for some that have missed out on um, spending time with family that are, that are having struggles back home. And, um, you know, we, we have been lucky, but there's certainly some things that you know, haven't all gone our way like, like, like the rest of society at the moment. So, um, yeah, we're, we're lucky in a way, but we still um, have some things that uh, create a bit of an emotional toll in the group. Yeah, yeah. Jaron, the very best of luck for what comes next <laughs> and congratulations. It'll be great to see you play a final as a captain. Be brilliant. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Good on you. Jaron Geary, the leader of the Saints. They make uh, they make their standings in his 13th season. He was there on elimination final night in 2011, and there must have been days where he wondered if they were going to get back. Hodgie, you know what it's like to lead a footy team, and, and you got it for a whole lot of reasons. You were arguably as good as any player on the list, and you had all of the hallmarks of leadership. Uh, you certainly say the second part of that about Jaron Geary, but you'd never have said it, the first part of it about him. He was never regarded... Take us inside the thinking of when, when you, as best as you can imagine it to be, when you decide to go for someone like him as a group to, to be your on-field leader. Uh, I guess it 
comes down to all, all clubs these days have trademarks and behaviours um, that they all set out, and it's normally made up by by the players. It used to be the coaches, but a lot of clubs now have the players um, set those standards and, and trademarks. And what what normally happens is they'll they'll vote on uh, on who lives those trademarks the best. Uh, so I know that, and that that also that also gets it into into the leadership group. So I know our first one was Richie Vandenberg, and we needed a hard nosed bloke yeah. who was like a like a, a lieutenant under under uh, under Clarko, um, so they, they, it's sort of similar. To that he, he the way he goes about it. That's where you hear how he speaks about Jack Steele. A couple of years ago, you probably sit back going, "Oh, he's a young kid just learning." But by how he goes about his footy, all the small things he does, all it's all a lot of the seen and unseen things as well. That the professional side of things that um, that he's doing away from the club. So that's where it comes down to. And, and as far as a young group coming through that St Kilda have had to have a leader like him. Uh, as captain, it just shows just how determined he is, and how professional, and and there's no better person to um to learn off. Of. We were lucky enough when we were younger that we had Timmy Clark, uh, who, as far as football, he missed out on on playing seniors towards the end of his career because there was blokes coming through that probably had more ability than what than what Timmy did. But as far as professionalism and teaching the younger guys the rights and wrongs of being an athlete, you, you couldn't get anyone better. And it looks like Jaron's been the same um, since since a young age. Luke Hodge with us will fire some of the rapid fire questions at Hodgie next. Today it's Essendon and Melbourne and then the team on the road are the Tigers who are going to face the Crows at Adelaide Oval. They've flown there, no doubt with their Samsonite business bags, work from anywhere with a Samsonite business bag. Crunch time for Beaumont Tiles, exclusive bathroom packages from Beaumont's foreground the lot and Identifiber, specialising in asbestos, mould, air quality and environmental services. Luke Hodge, Jared Waitley, Andy Mars, Sam Edmund with you on Crunch Time. Our rapid fire questions for Rapid Tune. They'll keep you moving, rapidtune.com.au. The end of the Warsfold era at Essendon today, Hodgie. Has the succession plan worked to your eye? <laughs> um, I guess it's been a, been a tough one. Look, he, he came in... When a club was on its knees, it'd been through a horror time. If you listen to any of the Essendon players or, or staff, the the club were really struggling when he's come in. Um, to get him back to, to their list, a couple of years ago, their list, I thought they were going in, in the right direction. They've had a lot of injuries. Clearly, 2020 hasn't worked for them. Hasn't worked for a number of clubs, Hawthorne included in that. Uh, West Coast away from Perth, it hadn't worked for either. Um, but with their injuries, they don't have the depth and the transition phase um, clearly hasn't been a standout for them. In, in, uh, for an excuse for the Essendon players and coaches, when you're trying to hand over a coach-to-coach game-style game plan, you need to train it. Um, the, their transition phase of, of doing what Rutten wanted uh, in training sessions, doing match play against each other, understanding his little tweaks that that may not seem much to other people on the outside but mean a hell of a lot to the players there and understanding what he's trying to get but then going to produce it on weekends when you haven't trained it is it's huge and it, and it can upset the players and, and not not upset the players but it can be confusing out, out on game day. So has it finished the way they wanted it? No, they haven't. But it's uh, there's, there's a lot of reasons why it hasn't worked as smoothly as what they wanted. I thought Worsfold came in in a hard situation. He's done a really good job. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's been a tough finish for him and him and the Essendon Football Club. Do you think they're about to be successful or you simply don't know? I look at their list and the footy that they played early in the year when they had a full list up and about, I was really impressed with them. They, they took the game on. Um, they had dangerous forwards, small energetic forwards, but they have been hit with a lot. Like half of their forward line, I, I did a game 
about, it was about round 10, and I counted four or five of their main starting forward line out injured. Um, so I, I reckon they do have lists, but it's just the depth. that They need to keep going to the draft, keep getting young kids in to train them up, just so if you do lose two or three uh, blokes, it's you're not replacing them with young guys that just aren't ready for AFL football. How critical is it for Melbourne's credibility that they win this afternoon and at least provisionally go back into the eight? I think there's so many. I was one who probably counted Melbourne out after about round six. Uh, the football they were playing wasn't pretty, but they fought hard. They fought hard to get themselves back into a position. So, to me, they have to win. They've got to play finals, uh, in in my opinion. Um, I guess they've they've put it to to the doggies. Um, they're waiting for the dog doggies to lose for them to get in there. But um, I thought the way they fought back was was encouraging. But then they dropped a few games late in the season, which is just really frustrating and could mean they, they miss out. So uh, they would look at that. Not making the finals is a pretty, uh, pretty disappointing end of the season. If next is going to be 18-minute quarters, split the difference. This year, too short. <laughs> Where we were was too long. Do you have a view, just an instinctive view on is 18 minutes the sweet spot or is it overthinking things? Uh, I think it's over. They need to tweak a couple of things. If if they're only going eighteen, bring the bring the rotations in because we've 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 seen this year that having shorter quarters with the same amount of rotations means the whole game is just defence. Uh, and and we're talking about Cameron's not having the impact that he has because he's got three blokes running back in front of him because the uh, opposition teams are just worried about defending and stopping their goals and they're fresh enough to, to run back and forth because they're getting rotation. So if they do go to 18, cut the rotations in half or, or bring them back a, a lot because you want to see a team which is free-flowing and energetic and, and not just getting crowded um, with with the opposition just clogging up because because they're not tight enough to, to and, and fatigued. If, if that made sense, I sort of bubbled yep. there a bit. But. No, no, that's that's all right. We're going to expand on these once you've <laughs> departed, Hodgie. If you were coaching you a final, clear it up for me. Uh, if you were coaching a finals contender, would you train with with soapy Sharon's <laughs> at the moment to prepare for a slippery night, or would you simply be a denier and say this is a figment of your imagination and not give One, the players any sort of thought? One hundred percent. We've trained with them up here since I've met up to Brisbane. When it's when you're coming into games where it was still in, in March and you had night games, there was soap on the balls, there was uh, oil on balls, um, dunk, dunk them in, get them sliding off things just to try and get used to it because that's the only way you can you can play decent footy in these conditions is, is by practicing. It's, it's no different to kicking, handballing. You've got to practice with the ball uh, in that condition. Um, and with that, we saw last night as well, GWS, when they try to get the game going by handball, and if your handball's a little bit off with a, with a slippery, dewy ball, you're going to drop it, which gives the opposition teams uh, time to, to pick it up and off they go. So I'd be practicing everything they can. I'd be putting the tape on the wrists for, for sweat to stop running down onto your hands. I'll be using Grippo. Um, one, and I know people sit back and laugh, but it's all these little things that it, it means if you're a bit cleaner with the ball and, and you don't fumble, that means the ball's in your half. As soon as you fumble, teams are, are soaked around the ball at the moment that they'll, they'll outnumber you and, and the ball could go the other way. So any of those little minor things that people think about, I'd be doing them because you don't want to lose a final on, on something that you haven't practised. Well, they'll keep you moving with their huge range of services. Book online at rapidtune.com.au. Hodgie, great to have you with us on Crunch Time. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Luke Hodge, modern-day icon. We're going to tease all of those issues out and set up Essendon and Melbourne coming up. Crunch time for Beaumont Tiles, exclusive bathroom packages from Beaumont's foreground the lot and identify by specialising in asbestos mould, air quality and environment. 
G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Mental services.